Hello and welcome to the final episode of Game of Crones, our weekly Game of Thrones podcast. I'm Rachel Handler. I'm a pop culture writer here at MTV News, and I'm here with my fellow pop culture writers, Crystal Bell. Hi, Crystal. Hi. Teo Bugby. Hello. And our deputy editor, Leah Beckman, calling over from L.A. Hi, Hi. Leah. Um, so we have a lot to talk about, guys. Let's get started. Uh, let's first talk about the whole thing where Cersei blows up thousands of innocent people. The uh, first twenty minutes, just <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah, that that was the. I, I feel like we all knew that was coming. I mean, we t- you talked about that last week, Crystal. Did you see it going down in that exact way? I definitely saw those people dying. I kind of thought that maybe Tommen would be part of that or excuse me Tommen as I learned last oh, night oh I learned that last night too wait <laughs> call, it's not Tommen it's Tommen Tommen <laughs> it's very like stupid. Hebrew that's so dumb <laughs> <laughs> that's the dumbest thing they've done yet <laughs> but yeah I thought maybe I'm gonna say Tommen now just out of respect because he's dead for the but, dead yeah. yeah but I thought maybe he'd be a part of it uh, but I think actually the the reveal of what happened to him was way more uh, unsettling and uh, devastating for me. I literally shouted at my TV screen. Oh, you were sad that he died. I, I was sad that he died in that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, he jumped out of a window, and I felt for the poor kid. I mean, he's literally a nonsense character who does nothing, but it was hard not to feel for him in those final moments. The saddest death for me was, and I think, Teo, you agree, was Marjorie. Like, that really shook me. I'm going to be shook about Marjorie <laughs> going into next season. I'm not going to get over it. How could they kill her? She, she had the best hair. She had the best hair. She was represented for all the hoes out there. She was. Leah, who was your saddest death? Yeah, that one for sure. Marjorie was so sad. I kept screaming. I can't believe it. And also, <laughs> I, I, I really like wanted to know what her plan was I really wanted to see her trying to escape because I couldn't like what is the deal after they get after he gets mutilated after her brother gets mutilated like where are they going what's happening there there just seemed like there was no end and then there really wasn't and that bummed me out I wanted to see her she's so good and manipulative I wanted to see it I know. Yeah. I felt like she was the smartest one, and I, I agree. I really she wanted was. to know what her plan was, and I. And she was sucks. the smartest one, even to the end, knowing what Cersei was planning. I and know then that was the worst part. Not about being it. allowed to get out. And as much as I'm like Cersei's amazing, and that was the best. I really, um, I loved their rivalry, and I wanted to see more Cersei Marjorie showdown. And they're just like I don't know. It just really bummed yeah. me out that Cersei really. You know, pulls I think one up on her. That, but then I guess her last living child killed yeah. himself. So I think that's what mi- I guess that she was, got hers. was missing was the Cersei Marjorie closure. Yeah. Because I was totally fine with Marjorie dying. Because in my opinion, I, I'm i sorry. <laughs> no, that's shocking. In my opinion, I just didn't see her character being of any worth after this <gasps> season in a weird way. You know, it's like, what is she really going to do after this? I think the conflict between Jamie and Cersei moving forward and now maybe Daenerys and Tyrion and Jamie and Cersei is way more interesting than having like another fifth wheel in the mix mm-hmm. even though she was fabulous and great but I do think we needed that closure maybe one final scene between Cersei and Marjorie. I so, will you know say- it's okay. go ahead Leah you know it's so funny to me how Game of Thrones just like conveniently has the most dangerous weapons sometimes <laughs> like with the with the White Walkers they just all of a sudden those kids have the those like metal grenades and then this I don't know Nickelodeon <laughs> gack that is just like the most dangerous toxic like we don't even have that and this is I mean I don't know that's not a world that exists so I don't know I mean I guess it makes sense that they have it it's just like 
you know, gay people can't even have sex with each other without being murdered, but yet they have, like, you know, <laughs> the craziest weapons. I agree, and there's so much stabbing, and, like, why is everyone stabbing each other when they could just explode each other so easily? Like, that's the most confusing part to me. I know. Just the gulf between the types of weapons. But wildfire is so unpredictable, like, you don't want to play with that. Like, mm. you want to be as far away as possible. You don't want to be, like, next to someone and just, like, throw wildfire in their face. I mean, it seemed like everything was going fine so long as it didn't touch fire. Like, what was the deal with it being all in buckets? They just, like, keep these yeah. buckets and assume that no one's going to... Well, that was from the Mad King. Right. So remember the Mad Why King. Why are these buckets under the city? Yeah. It's, like, a problem. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just left it there. He left these caches of wildfire this all around like the city. This is, like, in Heathers when... Um, <laughs> What's his name's plan is to blow up the school from underneath the pool. Oh, <laughs> this is exactly the that. exact same. It's Kristen yeah. Slater is sitting <laughs> in the bottom of Westeros, <laughs> oh God, just he's... with a thousand buckets. Wait, Kyburn kind of gives me old Christian Slater vibes. Ooh, I yeah, I agree with that. And also so dramatic to have three melting candles just slowly yeah. <laughs> licking the wind. <laughs> like so, so good. Just shoot a bullet into it or whatever you can do to just <laughs> blow this up. Instead, you have these like Shabbat candles just slowly burning <laughs> down. They were Shabbat candles. You're right. Wait. So, okay. My question is, you guys are saying like you were into Cersei by the end of this episode. Like mm-hmm. I was, is that no. what we were supposed to feel? Because I didn't feel that. No, I think it's supposed to be conflicted, right? You're supposed to, on one hand, be happy that she defeated the High Sparrow while also being aggravated that she killed the Tyrells. But then at the end, she's kind of pulling the ultimate dick move by sort of looking at her son's dead body and being like, well, I am now void of all human emotion. That was the last of my humanity. I'm just going to go take that in throne now. And then wine boarding the shame nun. Yeah, I was going to say there there were some major wine goals going on in this episode. (laughs) I I didn't buy that she would waste wine like that. That's fair. She has, I mean. It's very (laughs) off-brand. She has unlimited wine. I was going to say, look at how many buckets of wildfire she has. Just imagine the buckets of wine. That's true. We're definitely on a countdown for, like, who has Cersei red wine. Like, the way that the housewives have white wine, that's their own label. <laughs> Cersei red wine is 100% being made and sold in a Spencer's gift store, probably already. Oh, my God. We need to do that, but with Lambrusco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just brand yes. it Cersei. Um, okay, so we have a voicemail from Ingu who couldn't be with us today. Now, that made it sound like she was dead. She's alive. She just couldn't come on the podcast um, talking about her love for Cersei. Hi, Ingu here. I just really had to drop in to give a quick shout out to Cersei, whom I love and love even more now after this episode. I think that I love her so much because I can relate to her so much. I think that if I was dropped into the Game of Thrones universe, I would probably be her, granted that I were in charge, because she's so cruel and so petty And she thinks she's way smarter than she actually is. And so her plans always backfire on her. And I guess I can just totally see that happening to me. So in the finale, Tommen commits suicide. And of course, that's sort of like the short-term backfiring. But also, she ends up kind of blowing up the entire aristocracy of King's Landing, it seems like. And so it'll be interesting to see... if there's any sort of like blowback on that because certainly there's a whole bunch of people there's a whole bunch of 
rich people in power who are now out to get her, but she was never really popular in Flea Bottom. And so I would love to see if there's any sort of like internal coup. If Ingu's going to be the Cersei, who would you be in Game of Thrones? I feel like a Danny, but honestly, I'm probably more of a Sansa. <laughs> I could see both of those. What about you? Um, okay, I could be a Varys. Oh. <laughs> I could be, I think maybe I could pull off being a Tyrion. Totally. I yeah. could be one of those like little children who like just runs up and stabs people and then runs away. <laughs> the little bird. I like that. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. a little bird. Crystal, who are you? I was told by someone that I reminded them of Gilly, so I'm just going to oh. stick with it. I'm going to be Gilly. Okay. Is that why? With you, little Sam. Is that why you're pro Sam? Yeah, probably. I have <laughs> a down. soft spot for fat nerds. <laughs> you really do. I really do. Leah, who are you? I'm definitely that bitchy librarian. <laughs> in whatever. Just like, uh-huh. Oh Move along. He was so regular. bitchy. Uh, he was so bitchy. I loved him. He was loved my This is irregular. Uh, yes, well, I suppose that life is irregular. That's the meanest anyone's been to Sam in at least five seasons. Oh, easily. <laughs> well, his dad. His dad exactly. Is pretty mean. This was bitchier. This was more underhanded. Yeah. <laughs> this was subtle. Yeah. Subtle meanness. Um, let's just for one brief second talk about how ridiculous that Sam portion was. Because oh my god, I said this in my recap, but like for the show to all of a sudden be like, "Ooh, books!" Like I think Alex <laughs> said this to me. He was like, "Yeah, ooh, like how is the show going to say that books are like the highest value after they've been just like stabbing everyone and being disgusting?" For I mean, I just seasons. thought it was hilarious that they basically decided to pull out the Beauty and the Beast moment. <laughs> Yeah, like Sam walked into the magic library. <laughs> it was so tonally off from the whole rest of the episode. It made me so angry. I was like, why are we watching this? Yeah. We're, was- we're wasting time. It was. I think it was late stage world building. Mm-hmm. I think because we had talked that so many characters had talked about the Citadel and we had met so many maesters and Sam had been talking about Old Town for a while. I think they just wanted to introduce what that world looked like so you can finally put the pieces together for yourself. Um, but yeah, I think that was the only point of that, and maybe to have a moment of levity among mm. all of the mayhem. Was it levity? It's also know. funny that being a maester is Sam's like all-time aspirational goal because I, it doesn't seem like that works out so well for any of them. Like <laughs> they're all monsters. I mean, one of them was just stabbed by babies, and like <laughs> I just doesn't seem like sitting in there and reading all those books is good for anyone. I don't know, except for the one at the wall. It just, it's like, Sam, mm-hmm. pick a different life. <laughs> yeah. I almost wondered, too, if it was their one way of connecting the whole, like, winter is here moment of the episode because it was like oh the the raven the white raven came from the citadel and since we had just seen the citadel you were like okay have that visual element was it from sam the raven no i mean in the books what we've seen is that the citadel will send ravens to announce like the changing seasons so this raven clearly marks the beginning of winter, the end of autumn. How so has it not been winter them? yet? That is ridiculous. <laughs> it's, They've been saying winter is coming since the first episode of the show. The first episode is called Winter is Coming. Like, that's ridiculous, yeah. right? Yeah, no, it, it is ridiculous. It's also ridiculous that they sent a white raven. Like, do they have different colored ravens They, like, keep it season? in reserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spring is here. Green <laughs> raven. <laughs> yeah. We need to trust each other. We can't fight a war amongst ourselves. We have 
So many enemies now. Yeah, so John and Sansa, that scene, again, uber sexual. He kisses her on the forehead. Leo, you had a great comment about him being a theater kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I was going to say, I don't really... I know you guys, this is a very big part of this podcast. I don't really pick up on the John and Sansa vibes. I know I like was really looking for it this time and I was prepared for the forehead kiss and I knew it was there, but I honestly just see two theater kids out acting each other to the death. Fair, but also Sansa basically is choosing between being her brother's keeper or her silver daddy in, <laughs> in Littlefinger right well, now. Her, like she's got a, a plethora of yeah. options. Well, her cousin. Well, technically her cousin. Right, well, now oh, we know. Oh, yeah. Well, we well, know. That was oh, the whole John baby is her thing. cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the significance plausible. of that, Crystal. I mean, here's the thing. They very much told us that John's mother is Lyanna Stark. And so now that that has been fulfilled, we know who his mother is. And it's heavily implied that his father is Rhaegar Targaryen, who is Danny's older brother. Mm-hmm. So that, again, this, this makes Danny John's aunt, which right. I think is pretty cool. So this they can also, fuck. Yeah, they can totally. <laughs> yeah. And they want to fuck because that's the whole thing with Targaryens. They they marry each other. Remember, I think in his her brother in the, in season one early on was like, I should I could have married you to keep the line pure, but oh. we had to do this for I power. I forgot about that guy. He was really gross. Yeah. So uh, this is huge because this basically confirms that John is a Stark and a Targaryen, mm. which is the song of ice and fire. They're really like um, highlighting Sansa's hair more and more, I feel like. Is it supposed <laughs> to be like sh- she's a summer palette or whatever those yes. colors are, but she <laughs> also is she supposed to be linked to the to what's her name? You're talking about the wildling. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vibes. I mean, like, yes. I'm, I think Jon Snow just has it in for the redheads. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. They're trying to make her look even more similar. Yeah, her hair does change quite often. And who does her hair? It's not her. I don't know. Like, I can't do that. John, obviously. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, oh, just our normal, just normal, so normal. Yeah. I know we're all shipping John and Sansa, but now I kind of love. I mean, P- the internet has shipped John and Danny for for so long, but now it could actually happen. Maybe. I hope so. That's the ultimate power couple. Ultimate power. Because couple. they're also two people who literally can't do jack shit without someone else by their side. Like really they can't point. accomplish anything. Like Danny doesn't know what she's doing. John doesn't really know what he's doing. He needs Sansa. She needs Tyrion. It's kind of perfect. It is perfect. I was happy that Danny dumped her man. You I were? Didn't like that guy. Oh, I liked him. He's like pretty but dumb. I just can't I love that him. moment. That was such a good oh the whole scene between Danny and Tyrion was so good. When she basically was like, He loves me, but I don't feel anything. <laughs> and now Tyrion loves her. That's what we were supposed to get from that scene, right? He made those googly eyes at her. <laughs> I think I mean I think he definitely admires her. And she is sort of the first person in his in his life who actually values him. Like when she gave him the, the, the asked him to be her hand, like that was such a great moment. There were so many emotions in his eyes at that moment that I thought it was just such a great scene. I mean, he went from like surprise and shock to like kind of worried, but also like deep, deep admiration and love for this person. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, mean, I, I definitely think, I think cried. that's the vibes we we're supposed to get. Leah, do you agree? <laughs> I really no, I do. I totally do. But I think it's conflicted. And also, I cried at that scene when she makes him the hand of the, hand of the queen. Oh, it was really great. This is the best. Mo- I think broken. one of the best scenes of the season. I um. I had something made for you. And I'm not sure if it's right. Tyrion Lannister. 
I name you Hand of the Queen. Who is everyone's Bay of the Week now that we're talking oh. about fucking again? Mm, I mean, in honor of poor Marjorie, mm. but like, she does die pretty quick in that episode. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to say Bay of the Week is Braun. I know he mm. hasn't gotten enough love this season. I feel you. Yeah, oh, he you really had nothing to do in that episode, but I, I appreciated it. You know what? I'm going to give some love to John because he smiled for the first time in about <laughs> he did. the whole season. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You've got it. You just need to hold on to that feeling, carry it forward, and you'll be fine. And Sansa made him smile. Of course she did. Oh, duh. I'm actually, my bay of the week is obviously Cersei. Hello. Thank you for moving the plot forward for the first time in literally years. <laughs> Cersei understands the consequences of her absence, and she is absent anyway, which means she does not intend to suffer those consequences. The trial can wait. We all need to leave. Oh. I respect that. A violent bay. Um, mine was definitely Loris. I feel like Ooh, he, he did not get good. enough. He looked really good with the shaved yeah. head. He looked good with the brand on his head, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I was, and he kind of looked like Lancel, and I was into that like twin cult vibe oh. that they were giving me. I liked his sweater. I liked his whole outfit. <laughs> I really liked I Lancel's sandals. I don't know if you guys <laughs> noticed. <laughs> yes. When he was, yes. when he was like caterpillaring down the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were extremely trendy. I mean, if we're talking about fashion, nothing tops Cersei's dress. Ooh, yeah, she looked good. So she true. looked amazing. And she, she can knew rock it some too. shoulder pads. So in that vein, who who deserved it the most this week? Who deserved to die the most? Oh, Tommen. It's Whoa. his fault for everything. I'm sorry. I get why he threw himself off that. that <laughs> I know it's like, oh, I was sad for him. No, I wasn't. I right. wasn't sad. He like was responsible. Okay. If he Ruthless, were a better thing. If you were a better king, nobody would have died. Then he would be alive, too. True. Yeah. But maybe the system is the problem, Taya. What system? Like- the system. <laughs> <laughs> the man. The man. Okay, Crystal. I like that the man in this scenario is his mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I am between two. Lancel, Kay. I think he definitely deserved it. I was really glad. It was so pathetic to watch him crawl towards the candle and then not really even try to like blow it out. You yeah, like so dumb. It was really dumb. And then obviously, um, oh the wow, I'm blanking right now on a name. This has never the, happened. Yeah, the old, the really old guy. Oh, Walder oh, Frey, yeah, yeah. the Sparrow. Uh, so then that, the second who... would definitely be Walder Frey. Actually, all the Freys, but particularly Walder Frey. Okay, Leah, who's yours? The Sparrow is 100% mine. He, if I had to look at his tattered ass rags one more time <laughs> I was gonna turn it off and also he looked so familiar you know he just has one of those faces of like oh I'm in everything <laughs> but I'm looking at his IMDB and it's just I mean Narcopolis Cranford <laughs> bedtime stories my zinc bed like Ooh. what I've never seen you before in my life what is this anyway I'm glad he's dead he has a weird weird IMDb. He always gets like conflated with Christopher Lloyd in my head. Like every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, it's the page master, but it's not. It's not I agree. It's not. <laughs> Stigmata? What? Oh, you know who Stigmata. else? Crazy. <laughs> you know who else deserved to die? Who? Who did? That guy who got stabbed by all those children. Pycelle. Yeah, he yeah. does. He was ready. Yeah. To At least he got laid beforehand. Ugh, but like, I did fun. not need to see it yet again. Like his whole situation. There's no way he can get it up. 
Yeah, right? Like, what do they no have? No like, way. There's not enough Viagra in the world. No. We don't need, does Viagra exist in this world? That's going to be my have, personal <laughs> mission to find I out. I feel like it probably does in some weird. It has to be yeah, some, like potion some potion. Or, yeah. yeah. Some doctors like, sprinkle a little bit of wildflower on your willy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That was great for not being able to understand what you were saying until you said it. Yeah, really came out of left field, loved it. Um, so yeah, okay, so Davos told off Melisandre. Uh, she's gone now, which I thought was super hypocritical of him. But... I agree. You know that I'm here for the Red Witch. Yeah. I'm here for all the witches. I'm here for the nun. Happy my nun is still hanging on, technically. <laughs> oh. um, I thought that scene was pretty great at exposing Jon Snow's fatal flaw. And I will call it his fatal flaw because it will probably be the thing that's going to get him killed in the end. But, you know, he could have kept her. He knows how valuable Melisandre is. And he could have been like, yo, Davos, like, just shut the fuck up. She, we need her. She's clearly has ties to the other side. But instead, he did the honorable thing and he sent her away. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes Davos so much. I don't get Davos. I'm sorry. Why is his friend an eight-year-old girl? Go away. That That's was weird. So weird. That was weird. He's like, she was my best friend. It's like, <laughs> why don't you have adult friends? You're old. Well, Stannis was his friend. She taught him how to read. I liked that. It was like the BFG. I like Davos. Aww. I'm on his side. I know. I'm team Davos, too. You're right. That's cute. And that does go back to Game of Thrones believing that books are the best thing in the world all of a sudden. Remember when Gilly learned to read? Ugh. Maybe this whole thing. Is Reading is the answer. <laughs> Reading is the answer. What if this is all just like one of those old like PSAs for yeah. reading. Well, you know, that's like how... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how John or Sam's going to solve everything. That's why he's there. He's going to read like all of those books if and Sam then come up a- with the solution. He he is oh the Neville on bottom. He's going to save the Whoa. day. If this all comes down to Sam saving the day, I will kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I will jump out the window she like is Tommen. Tommen. <laughs> Whatever. Tommen. Tommen. Um, Okay, so we have some good listener questions to wrap this up. Uh, We have something from Nadine. She says, first of all, she love, 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 loves our show. Thank you, Nadine. Um, And she says, at this point in the story, who are you rooting for to sit on the Iron Throne, assuming there still is an Iron Throne after the finale? Leah, what about you? I know it's um, not possible, but I would, especially now, and it makes no sense, I would just love to see Tyrion as king. I just love him, and he's the best, and... I don't know. He is a Lan- he's a Lannister. Why not? I know it's not a possibility, but I'm Wait, into it. Wouldn't he be the next in line, though? But he's technically That's like what a I fugitive. Thought. Yeah. Oh right. And um, he's also the now the hand of the they queen. They think that he killed Joffrey. Know. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. You want Tyrion too? Mm, I mean, I want Sansa. Yeah. Yeah, Sansa for sure. But I mean, obviously, it's going to be Sir Pounce. Obviously, Sir Pounce for the win. Hundred percent, totally. Because let's face it, I mean, a cat would do a oh. hell of a lot better job than all of the previous kings at this point. <laughs> into it, into this idea. Um, okay, we have another question from Harry. Harry sent a lot of great questions. Unfortunately, we don't have all of this time. But he says, "Was there a character you wish had been in the sept when the wildfire got lit?" Ooh, good cue. Really good cue. Like from anywhere on the map? Just, yeah, I guess anyone at all. I wish Bran, because I'm so sick of Bran. And honestly, (laughs) I hate Bran so much. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Sam just, like, winds up in the wrong, like, giant building. Instead of books, he finds 
a big old pile of wildfire. <laughs> oh, God. I don't Dark. know. Who would I want? You know what? I'm going to, this is going to be from left field, but I'm definitely going to put the Manderleys in there. Because I'm a, I'm still mad at them. They're Who like on they? my shit list. Oh, they're one of those like they're, old North people. Yeah, uh, they're in the North, and they could have ooh. given their allegiance to John and Sansa, but they totally didn't, and they messed everything up. But it's okay. Lady Liana put them in their place. So. Oh, cannot. She's who I want on the throne. Oh yeah, Lady Liana for sure. Mm-hmm. She definitely. Should Wouldn't be on it the be throne. great if? Um, the those like that traveling play was just like in town and they were doing a play next door and then the wildfire just <laughs> ripped through them <laughs> mid production. <laughs> not a, not a fan of the traveling play. <laughs> no, the Joffrey oh, actor. God. One way to get rid of his warts. Oh, wildfire. Yeah, just burn his whole dick off. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what do we think is going to happen next season, Crystal? What's what's on the horizon? So many things. I mean, I think that last shot of Danny and her armada really coming for Westeros. That I, I, I definitely got shivers watching that, and that's sort of what we've been waiting for since the very first episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm excited to see like what's going to come in her way. Like, how long is it going to take her to get to Westeros? Is she going to go directly to King's Landing? Is she going to maybe find herself in like? a fight on the sea with some Greyjoys. So I'm I'm really excited for that. But I think by far the thing I'm most excited to see is the John versus Sansa, sort of like the brewing war between them. I can't believe that shit. I can't believe they're trying to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm on Team Sansa. Like, yeah. I think John is being kind of a dick by not giving her any credit. Like, mm-hmm. he knows that she's the one that won that war that battle and he has given her zero credit and I think all she wants is a little recognition she's not saying put me on the throne or make me queen of the north but just like tell your friends that it was me like I'm the mastermind you know that I helped you and he's not doing that and he's mm. you know kind of he never learns his lesson so I'm excited to watch that and I think Littlefinger he for as much as Sansa is pushing him away and wants to think that she's pushing him away he's definitely getting inside of her head because that's what he does best. I thought you were just going to stop at getting inside of her. Ba-bam. Oh, <laughs> he wishes. I mean, that's so his old. whole thing, right? He's still like, marry me. <laughs> so old. Leah, what do you wish would happen next season? Well, I'm really excited to see um, Cersei and Danny. I think, their showdown. I really can't wait for that. Like, these bitches just you know <laughs> yeah <this is> like- <laughs> i really hope it happens i hope they see each other and i cannot wait to see um danny walk in with Tyrion at her side and cersei just like you know immediately get a bloody nose and just <laughs> have a seizure <laughs> yeah yes okay i think you should write for this show leah yeah that would be amazing <laughs> Taya, what's your what are you excited about what do you hope is gonna happen mm, um I guess my hope would be that finally the White Walkers enter the equation Mm. permanently Mm -hmm. so that we're not just kind of in the arbitrary White Walker. I want like the full melee of like Dragon v. White Walker v. Cersei. Yeah. And those those things are all about equal, I think. Could they (laughs) technically burn down the White Walkers with wildfire? That seems Uh, plausible. Possibly dragon fire, because okay. as we know, I mean the the like the like the secondary ones, like the whites, yes, but the actual um, white walkers, like the people, like the knights king and the people who are in command, they can really only be taken down by dragon steel, 
dragon glass, dragon stone, and probably dragon fire. Okay. It's never been proven, but it sounds like it's among that group of dragon things. I think you should be leading John Army's John Snow's army. I know, right? I mean, <laughs> you know more shit than he does. <laughs> Here's the thing that I am so excited that winter is here because yeah, the show started in this like long summer. They call it like the long summer of peace and plenty, and it's been going on for at least a decade when the show starts. So the fact that this like really terrible winter is about to just like tear through Westeros. I'm just so excited to watch like all those Southerners and all those people just like oh, like Sam's family and Horn Hill, like all those people. I can't wait just to see them like decimated by this winter. <laughs> I like this diabolical side of you. I know. Yeah. I love it. I'd see I'm with Teo. Like I just want the White Walkers to come and yeah. like break down that wall yes. and just do their thing. Like destroy everything. Who cares? Like I literally <laughs> don't care. That's a great note to end on for our game of Crohn's yeah, season. Destroy, destroy everything. everything. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> we certainly don't. Um, uh, so yeah, this is our official goodbye for now. But we'll be back next season. Uh, and never fear, we will be also be back in a couple of weeks with a sort of transmutation of this podcast based on my Lady Problems column. It will also be called Lady Problems. Essentially, it will be Teo and myself and a rotating cast of MTV ladies, including Crystal and Leah, just bitching about culture in the Crohn's spirit. So I'm very excited. We'll we'll be back in these seats in a couple of weeks to talk to you guys. Can't wait. Back in these seats, back in these streets. Yeah. Thanks for bitching about uh, Game of Thrones with me for 10 Thanks straight for weeks, guys. Me. Always. <laughs> I'm so excited to sleep. <laughs> Same. <laughs> This episode of Game of Crones was produced by Kasia Mihailovic, Michael Catano, and Mukta Mohan for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at MTV Podcasts. Subscribe to this and other MTV Podcasts on iTunes. Mm-hmm.